Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome in to episode number 30. 3 Of Beers on Us. I remember when I turned 30. With Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. I have yet to turn 30. I am a couple of months away from turning 30. Congratulations. You'll join the club soon. Thank you. I, I don't feel that weird about it. A lot of people are like, oh, it's a big birthday. It's 30. And I'm like, yeah, cool. 30. And I feel the same as I did 29. I guarantee it. I spent all of 29 telling people I was 30. Why? <laughs> because when I got to 30, it was less of a blow. <laughs> <laughs> so you did care a lot. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I think when you get to a new digit, like a new digit at the at the front of your age. That's how growing up works. Yep, yep. That's when it's kind of like, whoa, you're 40. Sierra Nevada Palo. You're 50. You're 60. I don't know. I guess I just. 20 I, was probably the one that I didn't really care about. Yeah. And 10, I don't know what numbers are. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily okay with getting old. Like, I'm not one of those people who is purely accepting of it and just like, ah, it's fine. Like, I, I like not getting injured a lot and feeling sore all the time. And I'm already starting to get that a little bit as I get older, but I kind of like that. But also I see 30 and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the next year. I'm 29. I'm going to turn 30 in a couple months. That's cool. I'm not really, it doesn't, it doesn't freak me out at all. I saw this funny thing on Reddit the other day. It was, what's your favorite childhood memory? And someone's response was my back not hurting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, I'm already at that point, though, for myself, too. Yeah. I got some back pain. Mine's my left knee. It happens. Oh, yeah, I got knee pain, too. Mine's my left knee and the lack of places that grow hair on my head. Yes, that is true. That's Although you've gone, one. as we talked last week, you've, you're platinum blonde, and you are letting it ride, and you're wearing the bandana every day. and Loving it. You said you wouldn't cover it up, and as long as I've seen you, which is not every day, obviously, but uh, you have not covered it up. I think I have worn a hat or a beanie maybe four four times in the last three weeks blasphemy you yeah. promised yeah it's weird Some, sometimes you just can't not wear a beanie <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's it's cold it you know we're, we have a winter apocalypse right now well it's more of like a rain apocalypse right now no it's snowing no yeah it's it's we got like six inches of snow man no. dude i'm locked into my house good thing i bought 96 bottles of water and 48 <laughs> rolls of toilet paper <laughs> and that's it and 17 bunchels of kale like and, we're good and, to go and just bread just You're going to make great bread, milk, kale, toilet paper sandwiches. Toast with kale wrapped in toilet paper will blow your mind. <laughs> and if it's a little if it's a little dry, just slug down one of those bottles of water. <laughs> Cuz you got 95 more. Yep. The best part about it was that where I live, we didn't get any snow. Yeah, no po was clean too. Literally, well, we got a little bit. We got like a dusting. We got nothing. <laughs> I was like, uh 
Snowpocalypse? Hello? Yeah. yeah. And they were like, it's crazy. The West Side didn't get any snow. And I was like, well, that's good because family was over this weekend and we had to drive around. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we'll get to our weekend in beer and we also have more breaking beer news that we have to get to before we get into our topic at hand today, which is our next style. And we're going to combine two styles. They're basically one, but Amber's and Rhett's is our style this podcast. Remember, you can find us all over the place iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 1080thefan.com, radio.com, Stitcher. Those are all the places you can find us. If you can subscribe, rate, and review where the place is that you find us, please do so. We appreciate it. And uh, you can find us on social media. At Mike Lynch 27 is me on Twitter. Patrick's at PDiddy085 on Instagram. Let's start with beer of the, or our, our week in beer. Beer of the week is later. Uh, quickly, before we move into the news and then the, and then the style. It was an interesting one for me because I had my aunt and uncle in town. They were visiting, which they've only been here once before, and they were in San Francisco because my uncle had some business there. And they were like, hey, we'll come up for two days. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds fun. I brought them to Wayfinder. My uncle's a big IPA drinker, and he loves bitter IPAs, so he loves West Coast IPAs. But he also, uh, his company is owned in, in Switzerland, so he goes to... Switzerland all the time and gets a lot of those German Belgian beers. I was going to say Wayfinder is not the place to take someone well, I know. that loves IPAs. I, I went, I was retracting before I continued. Um, I, I brought him to Wayfinder because I figured he'd really enjoy the German and, and Belgian style beers that they had there. And we went to Breakside Slab Town, which I thought would be the best place to get IPAs in the city. And uh, he did the IPA flight where he got all six of them. Love and it. Breakside IPA was his favorite. Uh, the, it's it's tasting. Absolutely fantastic right now. The most West Coast IPA on there. And then he also liked the India Golden Ale, the double IPA you guys are doing. Also a fantastic beer. And because he loves the hot bombs. He goes, he goes, the higher the IBU, the better. He wanted the 90, the hunt. Because when he, when I go to his house in New Jersey, he's got IPAs in the fridge left and right from all over the place. He was the one who had the resin from the, the mm. brewery in Brooklyn. Well, IGA. Uh, as and we, the high res India Gold Nail, as as we have known to call it in house IGA, we we call it the the hoppiest, most bold, clean, light, easy drinking double IPA you'll ever find. That's every descriptor word for a beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a hot burst. It's got the bitterness. It's got everything you need, but it's clean. It's light bodied. You taste it, and you're like, this is eight percent. Uh-oh, it's like a Sticky Hands. <laughs> yeah. You drink four cans of Sticky Hands, you're like, ah, crap, I'm wasted. Well, those are the places that we brought them. And then uh, he also very much enjoyed the Fort George Vortex IPA, which I had in my fridge at the, at the time. And uh, and then for myself on Sunday, I tried Vanguard Brewing, which is in Wilsonville for the first time. Okay. And I got a Big Bad Baptist because Ooh, yeah. I'd been to Epic in Denver. Oh, yeah. And I got that. And then I tried a really crazy beer from Gigantic. I think it was called The End of Reason. And they didn't really say what it was. The descriptor was, we don't really know what this beer is or something along those lines. And it was it was essentially like a Doppelbach is what my best guess would be. It was Belgian yeast and it was a dark beer and it was kind of caramely and malty and stuff like that. So it's kind of my, that's my general guess of what it was. But it was really good. I always like when Gigantic does non-IPAs because I think they do a really interesting job with them. Yeah, that's fun. That's really rad. I saw they're doing a... Uh, they're, they're working with Dark Horse Comics, which is a local comic company that owns, uh, they created uh, Hellboy. So they're doing a, a Hellboy series of beers themed around the comic. I don't really know much more than that. I think their first one was released and it's like a, I don't know, some big dark stout, which makes sense. Yeah, cool. You got some scary comic book dude, make a big 
Big bad stout. Okay, well, I'll go look for that then, too. Yeah, could be cool. <laughs> uh, my week in beer is nothing. I don't think I have anything to report. Oh, okay. I've been, I went to like three places hoping to get a good craft beer, and I didn't like the selection, so I drank Miller High Life. Uh, uh, there is there is a Block 15 week at Cerveza right now. I was there on Sunday for a little bit where they've got a bunch of their Super Nebula on tap, which is their bourbon barrel-aged stouts and older releases and some variants of that. Uh, and then they had, um, what was it? There was a, an IPA that they do normally that I can't remember anymore. Anyway, so I did that, but nothing really to report. Is that still going on? All week. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I like week. I like that I, I like that. Sound. Yeah, you should you should run up there and check that out. Um, so that's the the our weekend beer, and before we get into the ambers and reds, there was some big breaking news today, the day of recording. We're recording this on Tuesday, February twelfth. It's going to be releasing on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, and barf. We are rec- <laughs> hey now, <laughs> sorry, single man in the house. We are recording this literally an hour and a half after this news broke. And it is a direct continuation of last week's episode, and it is a very surprising bit of news, although I guess maybe not very surprising. And Bridgeport Beer, Bridgeport Brewing, is shutting down. Yeah. They announced today that they will cease operation, which it surprises me because it's it's an OG beer. It's an OG brewery that we've talked about, but it's also one that we've talked about if not on the podcast, just in general, as a place that they relied so much on their old recipes because that's what got them big in the first place. They hadn't changed a lot that we were wondering whether or not that would hurt them. And I guess the answer is yes, it did. It's quite surprising to me. Um, although I agree that it's not surprising. Um, I feel... Slightly responsible in an indirect way because we talked about this last week on the podcast and you asked, you know, we were talking about what the future is and you asked my opinion and I thought in 2019 we were going to see a lot of closures. Uh, I did not expect something from a big boy like that. Uh, I think they have... Within like four days of doing I th- that. I, I think they have a great location. The food there is good. The building is awesome. Yeah. And I thought if anything that would keep them alive. You know, kind of like I say this about Deschutes. Now I think Deschutes makes better beer, but that place will always be, will always be up. At least in my mind, it will always be up because of the recognition of Mirror Pond and Black Butte Porter and things like the Abyss and stuff like that. That ha- and Red Chair, which is their new beer out right now, which is a seasonal favorite amongst everybody. But being there downtown, you know, let's go to. I said this last week on the podcast. Let's go to Powell's Books. Oh, Deschutes is right there. Boom, lunch. Boom, dinner. That that would keep them alive. And I thought Bridgeport was in the same sort of situation. And I guess that's not true anymore. Well, the weird thing, too, is we talked about it. There's supermarket beers and there's bottle shop beers. And then there's the no man's land, which we talked about, which mm-hmm. is what Burnside fell into. I, we both thought, which is part of the reason why we think they closed. Bridgeport was a supermarket beer. Yeah. Now, it wasn't as prevalent in supermarkets, I guess. Like, there weren't as many of the six-packs as some of the other big boys that we talked about. Might not about. being sold as much as the Ten Barrel, the Widmers, the Deschutes. Right. Um, but they are supermarket beer, right? You don't necessarily find Bridgeport at bottle shops. I don't think I've ever seen Bridgeport at a bottle shop, no. to be honest with you. Or on tap at a bottle shop. Uh, you find it at 
small tapless restaurants that have the simple ones, right? You'll see some Bridgeport on, on there and you find it at the supermarket. But to me, because they're a supermarket beer, I thought they would be getting enough exposure to to stay alive, you know? Yeah. The Their location, their closing is their only location. They yep. don't have anywhere else. The, the, it's on Northwest Marshall and it's near the Lovejoy neighborhood. It's a cool spot over there. It's a great building like you talked about. I mean, it's within walking distance of all the other Pearl breweries, so it's not really that far out of the way. It is not next to any other breweries, but it's kind of a couple blocks down there. And I thought that would be enough to help them survive. And again, doesn't mean they're closing for any specific reason. In their release, they said they just couldn't keep up with the competitive craft beer industry, basically. So, I mean, I guess that means they weren't making enough money. But I don't know. Still surprised. I'm and a little sad about it too. I, th- I think the weird thing to me is that it's all done. All of it's done. Yeah. Like we saw with Widmer, they decided to move away from the restaurant model into the taproom model, and now they're just done. Bridgeport. Bridgeport, yeah. sorry. And then Bridgeport, instead of, like, you got to remember, they, they rebranded. They they got some really cool hats out, or like their, re- their, their logo is different now. It's like a hop in the St. John's Bridge. Which as someone who used to live out in St. John's and has a bumper sticker on my truck that says "I Heart St. John's," uh, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was snappy branding. I thought it was really fun and new and very local and simple at the same time. So they did that, and then they, you know, brought in a pilot system to create some new beers. They brought back Blue Heron, which is which is a, a, a lager that everybody really loved from them, and I was really excited. But again, like Widmer, I never saw those beers outside of Bridgeport. You had to go there. I never saw them on tap anywhere, let alone a bottle shop, a dive bar, a restaurant, anything like that. So the fact that they're just done is kind of crazy. Doesn't it feel like they could have done more in that sense then? Because you're right. I, I very rarely see them out outside of their place. Yeah. Couldn't they have done more in selling kegs to restaurants and getting that pilot series out there or, or just going back into the bottle shops a little bit to kind of, I don't know, regain a little bit of traction with some of the more, the the more new and hot and picky drinkers, I suppose. And wouldn't that have helped? You would think, but I guess not. What if the beer's just not good? When was the last time you were at Bridgeport? Uh, A couple months ago. I haven't been there in a year and a half. I feel like every time you ask that, I'm going to surprise you with how more how recently I went to these but, places. But, but that's fine, Mike. I think one thing that's great about this podcast and the, that's great about our dynamic is that we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And I'm not saying yours is right, mine is wrong, mine is right, yours is wrong. But, I mean, there's probably a reason I haven't been there. You know, I had a red chair at Deschutes this morning. Perfectly happy. Yep. Wasn't walking into Deschutes being like, oh, man, I haven't been here in a long time. I was there maybe four months ago because I had friends in from town and they were like, we want to go to the shoots. And I was like, okay, let's go. But the fact remains again, like I said, with Burnside, I don't know the last time I was there. Yeah. I just like Burnside made me a little sad because it felt like I, it was one of the places that I liked and no one else seemed to like that much or at least go to that much. Uh, so that one affected me a little bit, but this one is, it's different. This one, it's even different than the Widmer thing because the Widmer thing, we talked about it on that podcast. It feels like a big beer move, not necessarily a, right. them closing down due to a lack of success. It feels like big beer is telling them not to do that because they just want to sell their bottles in mass. This one, 
it feels like a shock to the system a little bit of this is an OG brewery that's been in operation for almost 40 years and at a time where I feel like craft beer is thriving mm-hmm. in the city they close and I and there's a million reasons why I mean we kind of talked about them all in last week's podcast so if you didn't listen to last week's go check that out I think we had, we had some we kind of came to a lot of good insight we went into it without really having a plan of where we were going to go mm-hmm. we were kind of trying to solve the problem by talking it out during the podcast and I felt like we got to a pretty good point, but I never really considered Bridgeport as a place that would be viable to close. Um, what was the other one? Portland Brewing? Yep. That's one that also shut down, but it's still selling beer. They're like, they're doing the same thing as Woodmer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, th- I-, I thought maybe Bridgeport could do the same thing, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it surprises me that even the restaurant will be done in March. You know, in mid-March, the restaurant will be done. I I have friends that work at Bridgeport. Like this is a little more personal, I guess. This yeah, time, yeah. I've I've like friends, people that I drink beer with, that work there, that will no longer have jobs, and I'll bet you the next time I see them, when I ask, they won't be surprised. Just because I think a lot of them know that the quality of product has not been up to standard, and if that's the truth, then that's why we're in the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I know I, it's tough. It's brutal, man. I don't want to keep doing this every. No, week. I don't either. And I hope that we get a, a nice reprieve of this too. It's been basically like three of the last six weeks we've had to talk about this. But, but like I said, there's new breweries popping up. Vagabond Threshold out in Mount Tabor. Um, they're getting a lot of pub. I'm seeing some of their kegs in other places. So I guess we can try to. Uh, you lose be one, positive. you gain one. Yeah, it's the same. You know, someone dies, another baby is born. Yeah, but it's just it's just when you see something like Bridgeport, it's not it's different than Royale, it's different than Burnside, it's it's Bridgeport. A lot of time the price of life is death. To bring life you must have death. Well said. I just watched the end of uh season one of Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert. To keep Cal Drogo alive, the baby dies. Yep. But Cal Drogo is a mute and can't move or anything. Okay, I, weird. I well, I, I'm moving on. My wife and I are about to rewatch the whole thing, so I'm like trying to remember. I was like, wait, was that season one? Really? I thought that was like season two. It's the end of season one. Um, all right, things move fast in that show. Let's let's take a quick break. Uh, let's just gather ourselves here. It's a little somber at the moment, but I want to talk about a style of beer, Ambers and Reds, and I want to get to our beer of the week as well. And then we actually have basically mapped out the entire next month of our shows. So, and they are set. Like we know what we're doing. And when we're doing them. So we'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast as well. Uh, so that's all still to come here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right. We're feeling a little rejuvenated. Trying to. Uh, well, Patrick's watching Champions League on his phone and he just saw PSG score. So he he's, I mean, I don't know who you're rooting for. I'm assuming PSG. It's tough. Uh, They're I lo- playing Man United, by the way. Yeah, I don't root for Manchester United. So um, then you're rooting for PSG. I guess. I just, Neymar's not playing because he's hurt. That's fine. I you got, just, it's you got just, Kylian Mbappe. It's just so hard to root for a team with Neymar. Okay, I well, just can't. But you love do Mbappe. It. I do love Kylian Mbappe. I may love Edison Cavani more. But Cavani got hurt the other day too, and he's never out. say that again. Well, Mbappe's better by no, no, far. No, no. Cavani, ugh. I love Cavani. Cavani is a douche, 
and he's got a Skeletor face, and his hair is way too thin to be as long as it is, and he makes me angry when I watch him play. I'll tell you what, when Uruguay was in the World Cup, him and Suarez were on a whole nother level. It was beautiful to watch. I hate Cavani. I think I think out of all the players in soccer internationally, Cavani is my least favorite player. Edison Cavani is number one? I hate Edison Cavani. Over like Cristiano yep. and Neymar? Yep. Wow. I hate him. Watching him play makes my blood boil. Have you ever watched Diego Costa play? Yeah, I don't like Costa oh either. Oh my God. You're going to choose Cavani? This is a bad hill to die on, Mike. <laughs> it's an opinion, man. It's a hot soccer opinion. Uh, let's get into the style podcast, although now, now I've made the mood somber yeah, again. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with Well, this. and like after everything we've been talking about and all this stuff, like, I don't even like, I feel like I'm just going to be a Debbie Downer. No, you'll be fine. Um, you are as positive as you make yourself. Oh, geez. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Uncle Iroh. Um, let's talk about the style of the, of the podcast. Okay. All right. We have not done a style in a little bit. Last one we did was... Double IPAs? Double IPAs, which is about, I don't know, a month ago or so at this point. And we chose this one because it's one that I think we were kind of avoiding a little bit, but also one for that, good I, reasons. that I think needs to be talked about for good reasons. So let's, dump, let's just jump right into it. Our style is ambers and reds on this week's podcast. We have discussed the style previously. We discussed it in the Introducing Craft Beer to Beer Drinkers episode mm-hmm. as a good starter style because it is... It uh, is the approachable style. It is the most opinion. approachable style. It is malty. It's got a little bit of hop going on in there. It's got a little sweetness. Easy to drink, generally. Um, and you most breweries make at least one, if not a red and an amber. If not an IRA, too, although that's a different style. It's in a similar similar vein as these two styles but to me this was my entry style into non-dark beers because i like i've talked about i started in dark beers i loved porters and i love stouts and i really didn't like hoppy beers at all and ambers were a great way for me personally to learn about some of the other flavors that are in beers and a good kind of gateway beer to get me into ipas and to get me into some of the other hoppy styles and I mean, I'm to a point now where, for the most part, I feel like I can drink any beer confidently and know that I'll enjoy it. Uh, there's a couple that still are out there that I don't like. But Isn't that cool? It is. I'm cool. that way too. Like I, I tend to be a, I tend to be a uh, staunch IPA drinker. It's my go-to style. But I'm with you. If someone's like, "Hey, try this," I'm like, "Oh, this is good." I'll always, I'll try anything once, right? And frankly, I'll try it again later too to see if my my palate or taste has changed. You know, I, like I don't like saisons. I don't. I've tried them multiple times. It's not my thing. I don't like Gozas. Yeah, I tried them multiple times. Just same. not my thing. I don't like Gozas either. But for the most part, I can go most beer styles and at least be pretty happy. I'm learning with sours a little bit. And, you know, some of them are better than others and a little bit less sour than others. So I, uh, for Ambers and Reds, for me, this, this was the entry point. It's a craft beer outside of Stouts and Porters. And I think because of that, I still have a little bit of love for it. Because mm-hmm. I remember, I remember sitting there when I first moved here in 2011 and or 2012 probably, and drinking an amber and going, "Hey, I like this," and then going and trying a different amber and going, "Hey, that's a little different," and I still like this, <laughs> and it kind of just helped me grow as a beer drinker. So I, I've got a little bit of love to ambers and reds. Yeah, it it's an interesting style. Um, I I do 100% agree that it is the most approachable style you are going to find. Um, I think for all things you mentioned, it's a little malty, it's a little hoppy, touch of sweetness. Um, the color looks, I think, I don't know, it's weird to say this, but 
the color is approachable. Yeah. You know, it just, it looks like beer. It's not bitter. A little darker, but yeah. Yeah. It kind of is that middle ground of everything. Um, A lot of these, I don't know necessarily the history of reds per se, but I know the ambers, a lot of what American amber has derived from, and I, I don't know if this is technically correct, but I've had this conversation with people. It's basically if you take a German Altbier and a Dunkel and you throw them together with a touch of sweetness, you have an American amber. Okay. So it is malt-driven. It is an ale as opposed to a lager, even though uh, a Dunkel is a lager, but an Altbier is an ale, cold fermented ale. Um, this kind of marries the two... And to be honest with you, I don't know how else to say it other than this. Americanizes it, bastardizes it, makes it less, I don't know, it it almost takes away some of the integrity of what an Alt-Pierre and what a Dunkel are to make it mass-produced. Does that make sense? Um, Not really. Okay, sorry. Try again. I, uh, I, I, I kind of follow you a little bit, but... I mean, we also see mass-produced Dunkles and Alt beers. It's okay, okay. It's like right? it's like making it's like making an IPA that's really bitter, really hoppy. Okay. You know the 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 hop wars, the space race of the of the mid to late two thousands, and now everything is citrus forward slash hazy. Right, but weren't the other IPAs that were bitter and space wars also mass-produced for the public? Right. But then they realized to sell even more, to make this even more approachable, let's add some citrus to it. Gotcha. So you're saying because it's more approachable to the general public, it is more popular than all Pierre's and Dunkel's were when they were mass produced. Correct. So it takes away some of the integrity. Sure. I I, I don't know. As how I said that to you, I, you were like, wait a minute. That does sound weird. <laughs> I am trying so hard to find a very nice way of saying that I hate these beers. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Don't I'm just going to gonna let it out. Don't need any nice I just these. don't like this style. I just, I just don't, I don't find that there's a whole lot of excitement going on. I just get sweetness. I just, I get, I get like muted malted flavors. Like I can't, just, I can't differentiate between the different malts in it. It just... It's just boring to me. Okay. I guess. That's fine. Yeah. You can have that opinion. I I just try so hard to be positive on this show, and I I just can't be positive about this. That's fine. I, I can be positive about that goal killing Mbappe just scored. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was really cool. It was cool. The To me, these are beers that I like because they hit all the flavor ranges that I enjoy in beers. Mm-hmm. I love malt. I love sweetness. Um, I, I like a little bit of that bitterness from the hop to be in there, too, but... It to me, it's kind of just like this is a, a really classic. You know, if I'm not feeling anything specific, if I'm not necessarily in the mood for a specific beer, going with an amber is kind of a good choice for me because I know that I'll get the flavors that I enjoy. Well, I, th- I, th- um, I think that's a very positive thing about this style, and that's why I don't want to like bash on the style too hard. Well, it's more of a personal preference that you yeah, don't like it versus a style. Thing. For me, it's a personal preference. However, I think this style like has... at some point we'll have to do ghosts as a style, and we're both going to sit here and go, "Don't like this." Yeah, but like, we'll still have to talk about like it. We're going to have to do hazy IPAs too. I'm going to be like, I don't like this. Yep. Um, but one thing that I respect and give a lot of credit for is that there are a lot of craft drinkers out there that would not be here if there weren't 
if it wasn't for Drop Top Amber Ale, Mac and Jack's Amber, African Amber Ale. Full sale. Full sale. Um, a lot of people would not be in our circle. A lot of people would not be listening to this podcast had they not been introduced to an Amber Ale. And so for that, I will give you credit for. This I is... prefer reds over ambers by far. And right. I think I prefer reds over ambers because it's a little more bitterness. It's a little more bitterness. It's less, it's not really sweet. That has a more malt forward character. I don't mind reds. I don't reach out for them, but I don't mind reds. And I love the evolution the Northwest has taken reds, whether it's Double Mountains IRA or Deschutes Red Chair. But you said that IRA, in your opinion, is a different style than a red. I do think so. Because that'll be a separate episode that we do for IRA. I do believe IRAs are are, are are not a part of this conversation due to their hop character. Okay. So we do have a red in front of us right now. Yes. We've got the Von Ebert, what does it say on the- on Great the, successor. Great successor. Uh Honestly, I didn't even try this before I, I grabbed it. I just saw Red Ale, and it was Von Ebert, who I like a lot, and decided to pick it up for us. We've just been drinking it throughout the segment so far. To me, this is a, a classic red or amber. I mean, it's it's got the malt flavor. It's kind of sweet in the background. This is a red, so you do get a little bit more of the bitterness at the back end of the taste. Yeah, and um, it's, it's not necessarily like a, like a IPA hop bitterness. It's more of just... How do I describe it? It's more of just... A, a bitterness, I guess. I don't know it's what kind it's of like being a, derived from. It's kind of like a dryness at the end. It's yeah, like a little... That, that's a good point. Like if you think some, some one of the sub-styles of this is um, a dry, an Irish dry red, uh, which we've seen Pelican does, which they bottle occasionally. Um, Fearless. Don't they do an Irish dry red? I think so, yeah. Uh, although that might be a Scottish ale that they do. It's a red something or other. I don't know. Um, well, I think they do a red and a Scottish. I think they have two different. Right. So the, those are ones that are, they're dry, and that's a natural characteristic about this beer, which I do think is probably what you're getting. It's a little bitter, mm-hmm. but it's more dry than it is like an IPA bitter. Yeah, I guess I guess because in reds, because in reds they do have a, a, a decent amount of bitterness. I think I have because of that. I have gravitated towards what we're calling a Northwest Red or an IRA. Which would be the Red Chair. Bowie's Northwest Red is one of my favorite beers I've ever had. I will always drink that beer. And I don't even know. It's at a point now that I don't even know if it's good. I'll I'll say that. I don't even know if that beer is good. I have just drank enough of that beer. I'm going to assume that it's good if you're still drinking it. And had that beer on draft, and it was my introduction to Bowie. Um... And I was a beer buyer for a little bit and would constantly have that beer in rotation. So now it's almost like a like like a Mirapon. I don't know if Mirapon's good anymore. I don't know if Manny's Pale Ale from Georgetown is good anymore. I've drank so much Manny's Pale Ale in my life that it's a, like a placebo effect. And I'm just like, this beer's great. Love it. <laughs> so I'm gonna be, someone could taste it and be like, this is the most foul thing I've ever had. And I'm like, you're wrong. I love it. <laughs> That's funny that you say that because I... I mean, that description that you're giving me is like, well, of course it's good then because you would, you would notice a difference. You would think, but maybe not, but maybe not, man. I think, I think this could be a topic for another day, but I do the nostalgia effect. Yeah. I do think that there are some things in life that you just love because you can't stop loving. Like I went to Wazoo. I'll never stop loving that. Even though, you know, that town is a, is a very small, not exciting town, and uh, I, when I went there, basketball was great, and I will always love Cougar basketball. And we don't play basketball anymore. It's you know, but I still. I mean, you do, but 
Not, not very well. well. No. Well, we just swept Arizona schools. Stop. That's true. Ernie Kent for president. Woo! No, stop. Please, please stop yeah. giving him more money. Yeah, fire him now, please. <laughs> After uh, the wins, doesn't matter. Fire him. But I think, but I think that's something that's special about Ambers and Reds is that these styles have a place in everyone's heart that they will always remember. I worked at I worked at this uh, bar restaurant uh, when I was in when I was in college. And I joined on there shortly after they opened. So it was like a new place. And we wanted to have this great craft beer selection on draft. And we decided we weren't going to have Coors Light. We weren't going to have Widmer Hefeweizen. And we weren't going to have Mac and Jack's African Amber. Because every bar in town had that. We were like, we're going to be different. We'll get a half. I think we got like a Bayern, which is a Montana German brewery. I think we had their Hefeweizen on. And then we did, like, uh, Boon Amber from Anderson Valley, some stuff like that to just try to, you like an Amber, we'll put an Amber on draft. You want a Hefeweizen, we'll put a Hef on draft. But we want it to be something different. And that lasted two months. And we had to stop. And we put Coors Light, Widmer Hefeweizen, and Mac and Jack's African Amber on. Because the crowd demanded it. That's what I was going to say is the first Amber I remember having that introduced me to the style was Mac and Jack's African Amber. It's most people's go-to Amber. We, when we first moved out to the Burbs, we were living in an apartment and there was a restaurant near there and it had a very small craft beer tap list, like maybe like five or six beers long, a little longer now. Last time I was there, they maybe had like 10 on, on, on tap. But the, the one that I, that I saw on there that I was interested in was Mac and Jack's African Amber. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, I know Ambers are a little maltier and it's, it's a style that I haven't really had before. And I went, this beer is really good. And for the longest time, I didn't think Mac and Jack's was the brewery. I thought that was like the name the, of that. Yeah. I thought that was just the beer. So does everybody. Um, and then I realized that they also make other beers. Like they have a Serengeti wheat. I guess they're all named after Africa. But, Two ton IPA. It's got a big elephant on it. Um, but it, it was just one of those things where it was for my wife and I, my wife, actually her favorite style of beer is still reds and ambers because she, Maybe maybe it's not that she's not as discerning as other craft beer drinkers, but she just likes something simple that's good, and she gets all the flavors in ambers and, and reds like we're talking about, mm -hmm. and I think they're just easy drinking, so she enjoys them a lot. She also likes wits a lot, too. Uh, they had a Hogarden wit on tap at that place that I was talking about. That was her first uh, wit experience as well. The wit. The wit. The wit. The classic wit. <laughs> the wit of the world. Um, But yeah, I mean, so it's her favorite style, so we'll still have reds in the house quite often when, when she's drinking some beer, and... uh. It's one thing that I still try to experiment with a little bit. I try to, if I see a new red from a brewery I didn't know made one or a brewery I hadn't heard of, I like to give it a try just to to see what they're about. Because even if you might not like it, and we've talked about this, it's a great beer, a starter beer for a lot of breweries too, or home brewers. It's an easier one to make. I think I think it, it could be a good solid way to judge that brewery if you really like their red. Then you can... Then move you, on and say, I think they make other really good beer. But if the red or amber is okay, then you're probably like, eh. Yeah, we'll kind of see how this goes sort of thing. Yeah. yeah you don't like, necessarily trust them as much as if it, they made a really solid amber. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I think you, you just touched on it. A lot of home brewers and breweries when they first start up almost always have a red or an amber. But, A, yeah, they're easier to make. You can produce them quicker. But it's also, if you're a new one, might as well put something on that you know people are going to walk in the door and drink. Yeah. It's like a Pilsner. The problem is with the Pilsner is it takes longer to make. So 
that's probably not your first go-to, but make a dry Irish stout, a red, or an amber, and people will come in the door. Yeah. And then take an attempt at a pale ale. And if the pale ale's not that great, you know it'll get better. Good advice. I like that. <laughs> I was I thought you were going to keep going, but I was like, that's actually really good advice. Yeah. Start with a couple simple styles mm-hmm. and then expand from there. And then expand from there. See what's working. Well, it's like... You, you want to s- open a brewery? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, it's uh, you, see, you see this in uh, distilleries like, uh, you know, Burnside. Burnside or, right? Burnside Distillery. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are famous for their bourbon. Everybody likes their bourbon. But their bourbon takes time to make. Yeah. So in the interim, they made vodka. Mm. Portland potato vodka. The potato vodka, yeah. Yep. Because you got to put something out there to get you going. Like, I don't know the history, so I'm going to use this loosely as an example. But, like, how did Cascade Barrel House start? You know, they had to have had something. Had to have had an IPA Had, or had to have had something on draft that people could drink while they're waiting for their sours to age in barrels. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's great about this style is it allows you to basically buy time. Well, there's our Amber Red segment. Let us know what you think about the style. Obviously, Patrick, not a huge fan. I'm, I'm a, way more of a fan than Patrick is. Do you like the style? Is this one that you go after? Do you kind of avoid it? Are you more of a, an IPA drinker who doesn't really like how malty or sweet the amber is? Let us know on social meds at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. All right. Beer of the week coming up next. Uh, it's sitting right in front of us. It is a Block 15 beer. And I got it because it is an homage to our last style episode where we did Imperial IPAs. And why not? And why, why not? The F not. You're watching soccer anyway. Yes, you would I have am. been drinking beer anyway. Yes, I would. It would have been fine. It's going to be fine. All right. That's next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. The Beer of the Week this week is a Block 15 Imperial IPA. It is called Hoppy New Year. I showed this to you before we started the segment, and you went, that's an old beer. So, I mean, by old, you mean an older style, like they've made it for many years? or No, I meant it like, I don't know like how fresh this keg is. Oh, interesting. They make it at New Year's. Oh, but it, I thought because it was an Imperial IPA, it would have been made in February with all the other Imperial IPAs. No, February is triple IPA month. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I see. Yeah, Pliny the Younger. I thought she said that it was early February, though. <laughs> Bless you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, on that note, uh, to be a dad, you have to have the loudest sneeze of life. These are things I'm learning about being a dad, despite not being a dad. You're not a dad yet, though. I know, but I feel like... <laughs> <clears throat> Should we leave this in or <laughs> probably not? <laughs> I I've got this weird thing. All of a sudden I lost my voice, or I didn't lose my voice. Yeah, now it's but back. It, it, you were way worse this morning. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it happened. sounds really weird, but I'm not sick. But now I can't stop sneezing. So you are sick. I hope not. Do you have the measles? No, I was vaccinated like a like a regular human being. <laughs> what do you think I am a savage? I don't know. I couldn't go to school if I wasn't vaccinated. You think my parents were going to keep me at home for not getting a shot? Hell no. Get this kid in school. I don't know. I met your mom for the first time a couple weeks ago. I, I think she would have liked if, if uh, young little Patrick stayed at home for a little longer. Oh, you think my mom looks like an anti-vaxxer? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying she would have been someone who would be like, 
Hell Pat- no. Patrick, don't leave me. Hell no. All right. She only does that now because like I'm old and she's like, I know you can come over. <laughs> like, why don't you come over? I know you have a vehicle. You live just across the bridge. And then you say, that's why I'm across the bridge. Yeah. Sorry, mom. I work a lot. You know, the traffic issues with the bridge. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> but, but honey, you went to go see your friend in Vancouver. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Wasn't there. Can't prove it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a happy new year. It is a Imperial IPA. From block 15, I made a, a quick check and it was not a hazy. <laughs> I, uh, I, well, block 15 is a dangerous one to oh, do that I know. with because some of their beers are hazy. Oh, we've talked but about they're this. They're not hazy. I know, but when I looked at this, I went, that's not a hazy beer. I smell lots of hops. That's a good thing. I smell lots of hops. It is a double IPA <laughs> after all. Like, hoppy New Year. I have really grown to enjoy double IPAs. Um, we talked about it on that episode. Mm-hmm. I love how hoppy they are. Yeah. And they, to me, they're not as bitter because they've got a lot of the sweetness in there to kind of balance it out a little bit. Yeah. And I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I tend to steer away from double IPAs. Um, I've, I've had some that I've really enjoyed um, that I will go back to, you know, as, a, as I've always mentioned, Sticky Hands. And we were talking IGA at the beginning. I like that beer. Um, but I like to drink beer. And I like to drink a lot of beer. So double IPAs can be a little tough because you only have two, and you're like, I'm done. Like I said, I, I I got one of my good buddies, Tyler. He him and I go back and forth on this all the time. We're always like sharing war stories. Yeah, how was your night? Oh, it was good. I got off work. I had a beer too. Went home. Was just watching some TV. Had a four pack of sticky hands. I drank one, and then I drank two, and then after the third, I was like, ah, I might as well kill the four pack. And then two sips into the fourth beer, I was like, Oh my god, I'm wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you notice that in the fourth beer. Yeah. I feel like after the second, you'd be like, Woo. No, you're just like, Oh, I feel good. I got a little buzz. And then you crack that other one. I knew that I would now. Yep. This is great, actually. Yeah, I haven't had it yet. I just took a sip. It. Smells hoppy. It is 100% a Block 15 beer. You can taste it immediately upon taking the sip. You're like, yep, that's a Block 15 beer. Isn't that the greatest thing in the world? Yep. We talked about it with Double Mountain. We talked about it with Block 15. There's there's a couple others, too. There was a long time that I started thinking to myself, all your beers taste the same. That's not fun. Why do I, I want something new and different? Like, for a while, I really liked Stay West from Breakside because it's the most non-breakside IPA beer that we make. And that's like really cool because it's like, oh, different. It's not the house style. Now I'm way over that. I'm way over that. I mean, I still like Stay West for that reason, but that's because I'm around our beer all the time. But I love, 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 love. Love, love, love. Breweries that have identity. Yeah. I, I think it's so great to know that if you are, if I am blindfolded and you put this in front of me, I'll be like, what is this? It tastes kind of like, Tastes kind of like a block 15 beer, maybe a double. Like, I love that idea. I mean, this is, this is sticky hands on crack. Basically you get the same really fresh hop flavor of the sticky hands where you kind of, you get really specific hop characteristics in every sip. And then as you continue the sip forward, or I guess, yeah, forward, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you finish it and you go. Did you see the ABV on this? I did by not. chance. I did not. I'm trying to remember what it is because I've had this beer before. They've packaged it. I feel like it's high up there, like a nine ten. Yeah, like a nine. I could be totally wrong. This is based off memory, and memory gets fuzzy when drinking double IPAs. 
Well, I can tell you I would from look it taking up on, a couple of sips, it feels like a 9 or 10. Yeah, I would look it up on my phone, but my phone is watching Manchester United get basically embarrassed at home by Paris Saint-Germain. Sorry. I've been trying to study how to say Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, okay. Because instead of Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, Par- Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Okay. I'm going to look up the ABV of this beer. Yeah, it's it's got to be something decently up there. Uh, I remember the can. 8.75. There you go. I, rem- I remember the can at the time. I'm pretty sure it's this beer. Was like a black label, and it was like a like a New Year's Eve party favor, mm-hmm. and just said Block Fifteen, Happy New Year. What are you getting? What are you getting in the flavors? What's your What's your palate saying? What's your What's your sip saying? Because I'm getting, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of tough with double IPAs sometimes because it's just like hop 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 hop. Um, but I get a kind of a nice sweetness at the end of it to help balance it out a little bit, but. Uh, and it's not a negative, but I, I can taste the alcohol in this. Yep. I can it, taste that it's high in alcohol. It's boozy, and and I definitely get that boozy. I get very big hop character up front. And then, you, like, I agree with you, what you mentioned. There's there's some really kind of nice residual sweetness kind of lingering in the back. But then as I've taken a sip and it's kind of still chilling on my palate, uh, the hops kind of come back in for a little, like, like, a reprise. It's like, we left you for a minute. We're back. Yeah, you it's remember like, us? It's almost like the back end and then the back back end. Yep, yep. Because the al- back end, you get that sweetness. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's got two back ends. And then the back back end comes up and it's like, hey, but you want more because it's hoppy, right? And you like this flavor, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, take another sip. Do it. And I, That's kind of how it feels in my mouth right now. And I'm also with you. I I, I feel and taste the booziness. Um, I'm not opposed to that. So it, it's, it's a weird thing for me. I think I can go back and forth on this. I think it depends on what day, just what day of the week it is. Sometimes I don't like tasting booze in beer just because, and I think part of it is a, is a, is a mental thing. Like I want to drink more. And if I taste booze, I become a little deterred. Like Mm. I don't want to, because I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have to stop because I'm loaded. But then there are other times when the booze flavor does actually kind of complement the beer. And I think in this instance specifically, I think this booze kind of complements the beer. And I think that's that's an okay thing to have. To where normally, if I tasted something that had booze, I would not be super interested in it. Well, that's our beer of the week, Block Fifteen, Happy New Year. I enjoyed a lot. This is a really solid one. I didn't know it was a New Year beer, um, but it's. I mean, to me, it still has legs. It's lasting just fine, in my opinion. It's not doesn't taste like it's it's aged at all in that keg or anything like that. It, it, it tastes like it was made fairly fresh. No, it doesn't taste old, and I hope it's not. Like it was, I was, I am could be totally wrong. I'm under the impression that the place I've got this crowler, we've been multiple times. They don't mm-hmm. tend to have older beer. No, they don't. They tend, their, they tend menu. to roll through beer. Yeah, so maybe it's just maybe it's just my ignorance. Who knows? I mean, because we talked about the double IPAs coming out in late January, and we're it's still pretty not near there. Double IPAs. It's triple IPAs in February. In February, right? But I said late January. Oh, people make double IPAs all the time. Oh. Okay. My ha- mistake. Yeah. Hazy breweries, they love making double IPAs. I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot. I Well. Okay, sure. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Mike. <laughs> Tired of being around all you idiots. Oh, now, now, now my feelings are really hurt. Well, I just, let me, let me again preface, as I preface many, many times on this show, I'm a jerk. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm rude. I'm an a-hole. I get it. You are very, very, very particular about your beer. I'm very particular about everything in my life. Yeah, that's true. But that usually leads for fun debate, and it's very easy to poke the bear with you as well. Like, do you do you like Kylian Mbappe? Ooh, I love him. Do you like Neymar? Ooh, I hate him. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I hate that jerk. I know. I, it's so funny. I try so hard not to deal in absolutes because only a Sith deals in absolutes. But maybe I am a Sith Lord. I don't know, man. Patrick, stop it. My whole life is absolutes. Your entire life is absolutes. It's terrible. <laughs> help. But yet you also enjoy it. I need help. <laughs> Just drink some more beer. You'll be fine. Okay. Uh, that's our beer of the week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, wherever you find us, please subscribe, rate, and review, and all that kind of good stuff. Here is our upcoming schedule. We have been a little bit all over the place the last couple of months. We've had plans that, fa- that have fallen through. We've kind of last-second chosen topics. We've had to react to big news in the beer world to do a couple of podcasts as yeah, well. stop changing us. Stop having breaking news. But here is the next few weeks. Next week, we will be doing a Zwickle Mania podcast. It's going to be fun. I will be coming down to the Breakside Tap Room in Milwaukee, and we will be uh, just talking to Wicklemania down there, having some of the Breakside beer. And I, I know nothing about the event. This is my first time ever partaking in it. And, so. I, and I have to work it. That's why we're doing this. So I, I, I think I try really hard on this show, despite working for you know a, a great company that that takes care of me and makes great beer. I try really hard not to honk the brand. Um, but I have to work, so this is going to kind of coincide with that. Well, and we also really haven't done much Breakside stuff on the podcast, which lends to that. We've had right. one beer of the week beer Breakside, and it was a sour, and it was a quick hit episode. So yep. uh, that's next week. The week after that is going to be Oregon Beer Awards, I believe, because that is going to be on Tuesday. So we'll get to record yes. and yes. do the Oregon Beer Awards episode after that. Patrick invited me to go. I'm very excited. Yeah, you're going to hang out with us Breakside kids. Yeah. Um, the week after that, we were planning on going up to Lewitt in, uh, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And the week after that, we were going to pair Champions League with a beer and sports podcast. I'm really excited about that one. So that is basically, and those two, those last two might be flipped a little bit. And, um... It just Lewitt might be the week after the beer and, and soccer yeah, it, podcast. Yeah, it might be one of the two. Depends on. I, I got to reach out to my Lewitt people. Those are our next four podcasts. We guarantee it. That's what's happening. We have not gone on location in a while, so it'll be fun to go to Lewitt. I'm really excited about the Oregon Beer Awards one. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff coming up. That's basically the next month of podcasts. If you've got any ideas, feel free to let us know on social media. Uh, we talked about how we were going to want to go to Oregon City to a couple of the breweries down there. That's still in the works. Uh, we still have to get to Block 15. We still want to get to 5440 and do a Southwest Washington episode. So there's lots of stuff we need to do. Um, so that's all still to come on Beers and Us. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. Yeah, this is. I'm really excited about the month coming up um, because, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. We talked about what we want to do for 2019. We want to do more on locations. We're going to technically have two on locations out of the next four episodes, and yep. that's really exciting. Absolutely. I think that's going to be really fun. So we'll see you next week for Zwickelmania. And have a good one, guys. Deuces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.